I'm joined by my whiskey and cigar buddy, Justin Barkby. Say hello, Justin. Hello there. So, Justin and I have uh, been drinking whiskeys for quite a substantial amount of time now since we've uh, known each other. And we've collated a list uh, of many different whiskeys which we enjoy, uh, given them all a personal score, even if our number ones and so on were different. Uh, so, we decided we're going to share what our list is, or our favourite five combined. With everybody, uh, there's been a lot of love about whiskey on Twitter and so on between uh, podcasts, so we figured now's about the right time to release a bonus episode, a short episode on whiskies about which ones we like. So before we continue, uh, what are we drinking tonight, Justin? Uh, we are drinking a Nicker 12. Nicker 12, which was just just about, what, 80 quid, 90 quid, so yeah, about a that. relatively expensive whiskey. Uh, not excessive, as there are some in the high hundreds and thousands but uh for two joe blogs on the street an 80 quid whiskey is a bit of a stretch a special occasion jobby uh but we've got some nice uh, cuban cigars to complement them nicely you yes. like in yours yeah definitely um what i'll also say is that the whiskeys that we have actually had we've sort of set a budget of 100 pound yeah give or take so yeah we so, go so over. We, yeah. we're not going complete you know like ridiculously expensive yeah. on these whiskies so the ones that we have tried that have been ridiculously over a hundred pounds didn't make it onto our list anyway simply no. because of the price uh, yeah we are going to be comparing more along the the taste of the whiskey and its value and what we would get again over the outright oh wow that was amazing and it cost me 600 pound everybody should try this because it's just not reasonable no. so <clears throat> without further ado uh, we can move on to our uh, little top five it's going to be slightly different this episode. We're not going to be pumping out my top five and Justin's top five as we have been already listing our whiskies over time and giving them scores. So we have uh, basically arranged our top five in order of score. And in fifth place uh, is Yamazaki. Uh, Yamazaki 12, to be precise. Yeah, that was the, the most expensive one we had, actually. It was actually the most expensive, yeah. I believe it was, it was just over £100, I think about 105 110 Yeah, it's right about that. It remember. was very special. Uh, we uh, decided to spoil ourselves. <laughs> a little bit rotten. Uh, although it was a bit of an anticlimax uh, <laughs> after the ones we tried previous. Yeah, I, th- I think without giving away other ones we had, we, we really liked it. It was really nice. It was. But then we got one for half the price, which has blew us away. Yes, it did. I think uh, one of the major issues there is <clears throat> we uh, we had two at the same time when we bought the Yamazaki. Yeah. Uh, the other one, which will be revealing itself later in our list, um, really kind of outshone it compared to like the price taste comparison. It did. I don't think it. I don't think we actually gave Yamazaki the proper justice that it deserved. No, I think if we were to do it again, we would need to have the Yamazaki on its own so we could truly appreciate it as an individual malt. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the Yamazaki is a, a single malt, uh, dark golden in colour. Uh, it's actually, it, I really enjoyed the Yamazaki. Um, and so I've done a bit of research, and apparently Michael Jackson gave it an 8 out of 10, which is pretty much what we gave it, wasn't it? Yeah, about that. I think I gave it an 8.5, and you gave it an 8. So <clears throat> it definitely made our 
scoreboard quite high up in the rankings and I would definitely get it again or I should say I would probably go for the older Yamazaki I'd probably try the out 18. the 15 or the 18 yeah um, I can't remember which one the next year is yeah uh, I know the, well, the 18 was the... there's an 18 and 21 isn't there Aye, that's right. So I think I would definitely try that. Obviously, this is when I'm earning hundreds of thousands of pounds a year doing a job of dreams, and I can justify wasting about £500 on a <laughs> bottle of whiskey, uh, yep. because that is what the next level of Yamazaki costs, believe it or not, ladies and gents. Crazy. <clears throat> Absolutely crazy. Yeah, but the art, you, you did tell me a fact about the reason why the Yamazaki was going quite expensive right now. Oh, yeah. So apparently, uh, while I was in Japan a couple of years ago, I was told that the Yamazaki brewery, uh, was undergoing some major maintenance renovation and they would not be producing any whiskies for the next five years. Uh, so for that five years, every current bottle of whiskey is uh, gradually increasing in price as they become a bit rarer and rarer over time. I imagine when, when once they have opened again, yeah. they'll release a flourish of new bottles and whiskies and brands and, and tastes, at which point it will re-flood the market and everything will kind of come back into alignment but at the moment yeah uh, i'm pretty sure one of their distilleries is going through some major renovation and that's why they've not uh, released many yeah well, well don't forget when you think about it from from the history of japanese whiskies the uh, yamazaki is the area obviously where the the whiskies uh, produced um, so this is part of the uh, santor uh, distillery yeah. which is the first actual commercial japanese distillery which started in 1924 1924, I've got that written down for another bit of information later on. Yep. Uh, 1924 seems to be when the sort of whiskey boom happened in Japan. I believe there was traces of whiskey beforehand. Uh, I don't think it was known as whiskey. Do you remember what it was called? No, it was um, oh, Joshu, it was Joshu. called. Yeah, which it was, was like foreign beverage yeah, or something. It started about 1850. Um, 1850 was when uh, whiskey started being produced, but they weren't actually produced by distilleries. Yeah, they were it was, over, weren't they? They were actually produced by glue factories. Oh, right, yes. I remember so, you saying something about this, yeah. Yeah, so, so so it wasn't a dedicated whiskey production, but they made whiskies. Now, any um, spirit which wasn't native to the country was called Yoshu. Ah, right. So they were more classed as a Yoshu as opposed to a native whiskey. Yeah, that makes sense. So <clears throat> there's a little bit of information on the beginnings of the Japanese whiskey, which I'm sure we will delve into a little bit deeper later on. Yeah, we'll get a bit further to it. Absolutely. Yeah, so the uh, Yamazaki definitely made it into our top five. It was a very, very nice whiskey, and we did enjoy it uh, wholeheartedly, actually. The bottle did not last a night. We finished it in one night, did we not? Yeah, we did. So it definitely went down a treat. Uh, so anybody looking for a, a, an expensive session whiskey, Yamazaki is the way forward. Yamazaki 12, dark golden in colour, very smooth i'd say it had a bit of a smoky edge to it it was a while ago i drank it and i didn't actually write down any notes but i do distinctly remember it being quite smooth and earthy um so moving forward from our yamazaki 12 year into our fourth position whiskey uh it's actually joint fourth because uh we went through obviously a multiple region of scoring different uh whiskies on different points that we liked um <clears throat> Uh, one of them is actually one of Justin's favourites, and one of them is one of my favourites. And through our point scoring, they've both come out with the same amount of points. So uh, in joint third place, at third and fourth, is uh, the Dalmore and... And the Balvenie 14-year-old Caribbean cast. Which, again, is a very, very nice whiskey. Oh, gosh. 
So uh, tell us a little bit about the Balvenie, Justin, because this is your baby. Yeah, it's great. It's uh, double distilled, so um, it's obviously distilled in normal casks for the first batch, and then it gets transferred into Caribbean rum casks for the yes. second part of the distillation. So when 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 you when you taste it, you get this lovely rum. Uh, flavors and undertones coming up within the whiskey as well, and yeah. it's just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I, I do remember the first time you uh, you allowed me to tapple some of your Belvenny. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of the three bottles that you had at that current time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you definitely enjoy that one, and yeah. uh, I must admit, I did I did like it. Um, it probably would not have made my individual top five if uh, we were doing individual top fives. Yeah, if it would have, it would have just scraped in. Uh, simply because the sort of the, the whole taste and individualness of the whiskey didn't really stand out as much for me as the others that we're about to mention. That being said, though, I could still drink probably an entire bottle in a night, you know, with somebody. Like that. Obviously, yeah. Um, but yes, it was it was right up there, and obviously that is joint uh, third and fourth with the Dalmore, Dalmore or Dalmore. Uh, the Dalmore for me had the most beautiful bottle. Of all of the whiskies we've had, um, our number one that we'll get to later had a very pretty bottle as well. But this one with the the stag's head, is it? It's stag's head, yeah. yeah. You actually told me a story about the stag's head and why they were allowed to use it on the bottle. Yeah, it was um, <coughs> the guy who um, who had the, 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 um, the, the, the distillery. He, I uh, believe it was um, Edward, King, the King Edward right. uh, of Scotland or whatever it was. And, and he... He saved his life oh, right. um, because there was a stag that was uh, it was just doing a little like hunting party. Yeah, and this, this stag came and, and confronted the king and rushed the king. The king just froze, uh, and this guy jumped in, killed the stag, and saved the king. Fantastic. So, uh, as a thank you to him, the the king then presented him and said, "You can use our coat of arms, which was the stag's head." Of course, yes, because the stag is one of the royal. Or was one of the royal, royal, royal crest, animals. Yeah. yeah, that's you know, it's a brilliant story that is. And and to be honest, the bottle they have and the way that they mounted the stag on the bottle, it's just really impressive. Like it's a beautiful piece of design. Yeah, it, it actually looks a little bit like they they melted lead on, on onto yeah, it. Yeah, they've done it very well. Yeah, yeah. Really I'm really sure nice. you could probably pry it away, but it is definitely a nice attribute. We got off the scrap. Yeah, definitely <laughs> not. No. Uh, but that being said, we've detracted away from the whiskey itself. So the Dalmori is a twelve-year-old single. Uh, it spends nine years in an American oak, uh, ex-Bourbon cask, actually, and then it finishes its life in an ex-El Rose sherry cask. Uh, I have absolutely no idea what the El Rose, it could be El Rosé, um, I've not really heard of it before, but it does finish its life in a sherry cask, which is probably why it has such a smooth taste yeah. uh, when we did drink it. It's um, probably the reason why I like it, I like it as well as the uh, the Balvenie, uh, yeah. because both in like sherry connotations with the rums and the... And, and the yeah, I suppose, yeah, it's got that bit of a sweet edge. Yeah, it's um, a fusion of different sort of uh, flavours of alcohol. Yeah, the Balvenie is quite light in colour as well, was it not? Yeah, it's filtered quite Yeah, it's golden. Whereas the Dalmore is more of a dark amber, close to brown. It was really mahogany deep in colour. Yeah, color. very mahogany. It was <clears throat> It was what you'd expect. Like When you talk to someone about an, an old whiskey, you think that colour, you know, and it really does kind of blow me away. The whiskey itself, when we first tried the Dalmore, uh, as we previously mentioned, the Yamazaki, which obviously was our number five, the Dalmori is the second whiskey that we had on the night that we tried the Yamazaki. We we obviously had a nice budget for ourselves. We were really having a bit of a blowout that weekend. 
and we thought we want to spend £100 on a bottle of whiskey and then we'll top it up with something that we want to try. Uh, the Dalmori won that second place vote. I believe we spent uh, 50, 50, 50, 50 pounds on, on the Dalmori. Yeah. Um, and that was £50 well fucking spent. I wish I put two bottles of that. Absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong, guys. <coughs> the, the Yamazaki is definitely worth a try. We'll not pull anybody away from that. Uh, I've tried it in Japan as well and I must admit the single uh, or the double I had in Japan with my meal was mind-blowing uh, but when we tried the bottle here in the UK we bought it with the Damore Damore and we had the Yamazaki first if I remember yeah we did and we had the Yamazaki first and we were like wow that's a nice whiskey we were really excited I think we had two glasses each and then we thought right let's let's crack open the Damore before we Start getting a little bit too tipsy to actually get the taste and yep. see how it was. When we cracked open that Dalmori, it absolutely destroyed us. We were blown away in, in every way. It it made me feel like the Yamazaki wasn't as good as what I thought it was because the Dalmori was just so nice. Yep. Um, if I remember correctly, we, we finished the Yamazaki that night and we only had enough left for me to take home and have two glasses worth. I think so, yeah. Afterwards. So we really did have a great session that night. Uh, and they both were fantastic tasting. But the Down Mori, it's smoothness. It's easily, it was very easily drunk. Um, and it complemented the cigars we were smoking. It complemented the movies we were watching. We were sitting, relaxing. And the glass was never empty. <laughs> as soon as that glass emptied, it was bang, yep. straight in. There was no pause. There was no... It's all right, I'll just take a breather, maybe have a glass of Coke or water. No, it was another one goes in. It was a nice, easy drinker. Definitely a good... And for 50 quid... I think of all the ones that we're probably mentioning, uh, this is mid-range price uh, and definitely in... I mean, it is number three and it is definitely in the top three of taste. It is very, very nice. I think there's one more, obviously, which we're going to mention later on, which is cheaper. But then we'll, we'll go to that. Yeah. At the latest stage. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, well, that being said, have you got any more information on the Down Warrior that we can spread? Um, not really. I think I've told you. I think I've managed to have a look at and try and. Yeah. But I mean, we were trying to make stuff that weekend as well, and it got very messy. We didn't really make that much. No, we didn't make that much. We made a mess. <laughs> it was a very messy weekend. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay. So yes, the the Balvenie and the Down Warrior tied in third and fourth. Uh, for very, very good reasons, to be fair. I mean, the Balvenie is absolutely your favourite, is it not? Definitely, definitely. Ba- ba- Balvenie is my number one. Yeah, Balvenie is Justin's number one. Um, Dalmori is probably my number two, actually, of all of all time whiskey. Um, yes, it's, it is, it's definitely deserving of the number three slot. Yep. And Balvenie is also definitely deserving of the number three slot. For me, Dalmori beats Balvenie every day, and I'm pretty sure it's the other way around for you. So. Yes. But Moving on to number two. Now, this whiskey, we, uh, we've we got many stories about this whiskey, so we need to try and uh, <laughs> be selective and cautious <laughs> with uh, certain <laughs> stories. Um, the Ocken Toshin uh, American Oak. Yes. Uh, now, I was led to believe this was a 12-year whiskey. However, in a bit of research, I'm not too sure. Um I don't want to delve into potentialies. Uh, however, it is it is known as the Ockentoshan 12. Sorry, the Ockentoshan American, American Oak. Oak. 
Uh, it is available for twenty pound. For twenty pound, I think. I believe that is on a bit of special. Like, it, it yeah, it's reduced from thirty-two. Yeah. so it's twenty. It's currently twenty quid a bottle. Absolutely. Um, so the Ochentoshan, uh, or how I used to pronounce it, the Ochentoshan. Uh, Aktoshan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I was playing on there. Maybe I thought it, it had German origins or Maybe something. Maybe you had too much Aktoshan. Yeah, it definitely took me. A conversation with a few uh, Scottish whiskey dealers to understand it was known as the Ockentosh. <laughs> yeah, well, I must admit, I spoke to a couple of guys at work who are uh, whiskey fanatics. One's an actual qualified whiskey taster. Oh, yeah. And when I said Aktoshan, um, he just laughed yeah. and straight away said Ockentoshan. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we must have a complete noobs. Absolutely, but we're not whiskey connoisseurs. We're, we're two not. Joe blogs who enjoy a good brew. Yes. You know, it's definitely, well, I say brew is, is, you know, I mean, what are these? These are all single malt so far, aren't they? The Dark uh, no, is a single malt. Nicky 12 is a. Oh, the Nicky 12 is a blended, yes. but that is what we are trying right now. That is not on our list at the moment. So, yeah, the uh, Yamazaki, Belveni, Dalmori, and Ockentoshan are all single malts, correct? Which is nice. So, the Nicky 12 that we're trying now uh, is a nice blended. It's, it's quite easy going down. So far, very I nice. mean, I've worked my way through this glass. This is what our third so far. Um, I think it's only our second, is it? I'm sure, it's our third, but anyway, yeah, probably isn't. so we've made our way through a nice few. So it's definitely nice enough to continue picking up, yes. Anyway, back to the Ockentoshan. <clears throat> so, for 20 quid, essentially, you are going to be able to pick up our number two. Uh, this is a very good drinking whiskey. We have gone through god knows how many bottles now. The first time we tried this was at Lochern yes, in was. Scotland. Uh, we had a nice little gathering of friends uh, in a caravan. We decided to get some cigars and some whiskey and go sit under the stars and talk our lives away. Sit by the lock watching the stars. Shooting stars, shooting yeah, stars. cameras out, uh, yeah, motorbike yeah, yeah. jacket. That was a horrible ride, by the way. <laughs> driving, where were they? I was driving from Rugby near Coventry to Newcastle, Newcastle to Lochern in Scotland. Which is like Perth and Turtle left. Jeez, man, that might ass was in a different world <laughs> I was right in the car. yeah nice yeah <laughs> but we had a nice little conversation i had some good walkie talkies for that one yeah nice little radios um yes yeah, so we went through t- was it two bottles of ockentoshan that weekend that well it was a long weekend wasn't it yeah it was um i think we had do we have one bottle of ockentoshan and one something else well we had a few we definitely had the ockentoshan and then we tried uh what was that whiskey liqueur Drambuie. Drambuie, that's the one. That was lovely. I can't drink it anymore. <laughs> it's completely lost the taste, yes. Yeah, I wonder why. It's, <coughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because there's, there's is a bit like a glaver. Yeah. Um, but the history of that is that there's actually two brothers. Yeah, I remember you telling yeah, me about this. So that one the, changed the recipe slightly. And, and what, yeah, yeah. When, when the father died, one wanted to change it, one wanted to stay the same. So basically, basically the Trambuie, my fucking I'm going to go away, it made me own. Yeah. So he made the Trambuie, and the guy in the glaive kept the original flavour, so that's why they're so quite alike. That's a very that's quite interesting, to be fair. However, it did not make our list, no, it didn't. so we shall continue on the Ockentoshan, which we sessioned, really did. Now, for 20, for 20 quid on a single malt, uh, you would not be expecting a lot, realistically. You know, yeah. if you look at your Glenfiddichs, Bells, Bushmills, uh, all of these bar-bought whiskies. Yeah, Glamourad juice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can you can pick those up in the shop between like twenty and thirty-six quid across the board for all yeah. of those whiskies. Now, I don't know about you, 
with the exception of Glenfiddich, they all taste like shit. <laughs> Honestly, it's like one of them's like drinking bleach. One of them tastes like hospital hand cleaning gel. Uh, and they're all mixing whiskies. Uh, the Glenfiddich, I can drink neat on the rocks. Uh, it is uh, not a session whiskey. I could definitely have three or four. At that point, I would need to stop myself. Oh, yeah, I would say definitely. Um, yeah, you, you'd rather put spaghetti to try and dilute the taste. Yeah, it is, <laughs> exactly. Whereas the Okotoshi, for 20 bucks... It, is, it blows them all out of the Absolutely. It absolutely blows um, What was it we were drinking last night? Um, so we tried the... Igarishi? Ardmore, I believe it was a normal Ardmore. Yep. Uh, it was quite harsh. It was bought to me. It was bought for me as a gift, and it is a whiskey I can definitely drink, but I definitely can't cannot session it. No, no. I think I think if, if you were one of those wine people to try to find metaphors, it's like swallowing a chainsaw. For it. <laughs> it was quite it harsh. Was really, really strong. Yeah, down. it's definitely one that I would probably look at turning into like a whiskey sour, or maybe mixing with something at a party, allowing other people it's to use. It's a cocktail more like. It's yeah. not one I would hide away and be like, nobody can have that. Uh, which I would do with my Dalmore, my Yamazaki. I would be like, you guys can get to F. Get, nope, nope. It's going to be hidden in my little secret cabinet that I will one day achieve. Um, however, the, you know, the Okintoshin for the same price, absolutely blows my water. That is a session drinking whiskey that I would have over and over again. I mean, we had a little bit left over last night, or you had a little bit left I, over. I had some left over from, because I, I bought a few more bottles when, You've been away. Yeah, you You saw what turned up, saw that what I had. Yeah, there was, there was only enough for me. Yeah, there was only enough left for me. How much that was, I, I'll leave to your own imaginations, listeners. Uh, however, I did not allow Justin to have any more out of that bottle. Even though it was my bottle. <laughs> yes, it was his bottle. Um, nonetheless, uh, I had two, maybe three glasses of the Ard, uh, sorry, the Ardmore. Yep. Uh, at which point I was like, you know, it, it's it's all right. It's it's a little bit harsh, but it could be drunk. And then I had the Ockentoshin, and I just went, "Fuck, that's nice!" Yeah. And it brought back all the old memories of just how good a whiskey the Ockentoshin is. Now, it's not only made our number two slot because it's cheap, which it damn well is. <laughs> so um, it is a freaking fantastic drink. It really, really did tick all of our boxes in in every ten out of ten. Every category, it just yeah. We ten out of ten the taste. Never mind about the price. And if anybody turned around to me and were like, "We need you to get your own drink," blah blah blah, and I thought, oh, "I don't know, I'll just get some Okotoshin." If it's there and it's on sale, especially, I'll be like, "No, yeah, I'll pick up some Okotoshin." It's especially the American Oak. We need to definitely try one of the other variants. There's not really just five well, or six. Is. I mean, this Okotoshin we've had, it's not even aged. No, no, it's not. I imagine it's got some age behind it. It's just it's not quite a yeah. twelve or an eighteen, is it? No. I think the twelve is definitely one to, to try our next. I think that's a three barrel, um, triple distilled, and so on. So it will be an interesting. It will be a very interesting taste. I'll let you know how it's like. Oh, you cheeky bastard! <laughs> so yes, listeners, number two is the Okintoshin, uh, the American Oak, and if you try it, we hope you like it. Uh, we encourage that you try it, and if you do try, it, please let us know what you think of it and. Uh, if you believe it to be as good as what we do, because we really, really do. We back Ockentoshin all the way with that American Oak. Uh, I will definitely continue to drink it into the future. Maybe one day I'll drink so much of it, I won't like it anymore, but it's going to be pretty hard to do. So, number one. Do you want to introduce our number one, Justin? Yes, I can. It is a Hibiki 12. It is a Hibiki 12. 
for those who don't know the Hibiki 12, again, it's another Japanese that has made it onto our top five. This one, however, is outrageous. <laughs> out freaking outrageous. Um, actually, it's the only blended on our top five. Yes, it is. It is our only blended on top five. So the Hibiki 12 is a shiny amber in colour. It is produced by the Suntory Whiskey, uh, which yep. I believe is also joint... Uh, Yamazaki. It is the Yamazaki, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. So again, 1924, was it? 1924, 1924 Origins. That is very uh, long-lived for a, a nice Japanese whiskey. And it was a fantastic tasting whiskey. Um, the Hibiki 12 is known, uh, quoted, the harmony of the Japanese nature and whiskey together. It's won six international awards uh, along, I believe it's San Francisco Whiskey, World Whiskies, and the International Whiskey something or other. Um, however, just take into note, there's six awards being won, and they're all pretty substantial awards. And for all I can say is, it needs more. <laughs> um, yeah. Your thoughts on the Hibiki, Justin? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it was just a lovely, lovely uh, whiskey. I mean, it's, it's hard to sort of describe the, the 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 warmth you get when you drink it. Yeah, it was. It, it really is hard to describe, but let's just announce. So, when we opened that bottle, we sniffed it, and this, I remember the sniff quite clearly. It was like, ooh, it wasn't like a ooh or a you know oh yeah, it was. It was, it was, simply, it was simply a surprise. Like ooh, ooh, that's different. Um, when we poured it out. Uh, I believe it was a single cube of ice we tried to start with. We were, uh, we're quite cautious when we first try our whiskies. For those whiskey connoisseurs that may be listening to this with your single pipettes of water or, you know, drinking it completely neat with no interaction of anything else, shh. <laughs> uh, we dropped a single ice cube in and our first sip, or my first sip, absolutely blew my mind. Yep. It is 100% the best tasting whiskey I have ever ever tried it is 10 out of 10 in every aspect and i would recommend to anybody who is a fan of whiskey get your ass onto hibiki it may be blended some people uh, look down on blended even i thought oh why do i want to blend it no no, no i want to stick with a single mulch you know i'm trying to develop my i want to be a whiskey snob yeah exactly i want to be a bit of a whiskey snob you know single malts all the way forward i want to try more and more and more i did not actually know the hibiki was blended at the time i bought it for us uh it was on special offer uh, i believe i believe i picked it up for 50 quid 50 quid for a hibiki 12 which just absolutely kind of was like oh yes I'm, I'll, I'll have that you know i know it's worth more than that i'll definitely pick it up it was the only bottle in the shop they only had one <laughs> uh, they'd ordered that one in specifically and it was meant to be a bit of a showpiece they didn't think anyone would pick it up straight away i think i bought it the second day they had it <laughs> yeah, <you're> <laughs> straight <laughs> on that and uh, for 50 quid I would buy it over and over and over again. Um, it was pure genius in a blend. And it took the Hibiki f for me to open my eyes to blends. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are quite, um, say, blinking when it comes to that. Uh, it's like the Nicker 12 are drinking now, it's a blend. Yeah. Uh, it, all it is is a fusion of single malts to get a unique flavor. And then it is then aged for yeah. the years that are announced. Exactly. So the Hibiki 12 would be uh, their, its own whiskies, then they merge those whiskies, and then they uh, barrel them for 12 years, yep. at which point it becomes a blended 12. Uh -huh. So the effort that goes behind it is probably a little bit more substantial than uh, a normal single malt. 
it, yeah, from, from, from the actual fusion of all the different sing, uh, different flavours and everything else. Yeah. I, I believe I read that the Hibiki actually has seven different uh, singles into it. Wow. Yeah, uh, I think I, I read somewhere that like uh, a few people have blended malts of two to four, and it's really difficult to get that fusion correct and have a good taste. Consistently, it does. Uh, consistently, yes. Uh, I'm pretty certain, pretty certain, we may need to back this up, and I do apologise if I am wrong, uh, but I'm pretty certain I read that it was seven different uh, areas that went into the Hibiki blended. And and a lot of people give the Japanese huge credit for that because the complexity of merging any malts is quite difficult to get the taste right and so on. Exactly. To do it with seven, as you said, consistently, oh, have the discipline to do it. Well, yeah, Japanese yeah, way. It is definitely the Japanese way. You're definitely going to get it the same way every time, aren't you? Exactly, exactly. So, have I got any more information on the 12th here? It's a shiny amber in colour, if I didn't mention that already. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the bottle, again, this is the second best bottle that we were talking about. So, the Dalmore definitely takes number one on the bottles. Yeah. Uh, the Hibiki is a nice, like, 20-odd-sided bottle. It's really nice and sharp. Uh, it makes it stand out quite quite prettily. Uh, actually, to be fair, the uh, the Nicker we're trying, have we got a bottle in here? Uh, it next door? No, it's next door. Oh, well, we'll get that later. But the Nicker, yeah, the bottle, it's quite substantial. It's quite a beefy bottle. And the, the cork was the monolithic. Cork. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute, you know, it's a full palming crack to get that out. And it was, you know, quite, it was a good feeling. <laughs> I'm actually sure you could use that cork with a bath plug. Yeah, it was pretty substantial. Uh, that would probably take my number three on bottle design, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think the Dalmori just has a bit more elegance to it. Uh, and the just Hibiki yeah, has, has a story. When you buy the Hibiki, you get a little booklet with it, which explains to you why they decided to go with a 20-odd-sided bottle and the reason behind the Japanese blend and nature. It is very Japanese, the way that they have completely produced that whiskey, and it comes through within it because it's fucking awesome. Um, it is by far my favourite, and I yeah. really do recommend everybody to go out there and try it. Um, so, oh, aside from our top five, we just pump through it. So in fifth, we had the Yamazaki. Yep. Yamazaki 12. In fourth, we had your favourite, or joint fourth, we had your favourite, which yep, was the Balvenie. And in joint fourth and third, we had the Dalmori 12, uh-huh. uh, which was just, it was such a, a smooth whiskey. It was a, it was such a smack in the face of how lovely that was. It really was, yes. Uh, the Ockentoshan has taken second place. Yes. Uh, the American Oak, 20 quid. 20 what? British pounds? <laughs> That's my go-to whiskey now. It, it is, is, yes. Yeah. Oh, I fancy a drink. Oh, do I want to try something new? No, Dan's not here. <laughs> <laughs> Need to get the Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that definitely is a very worthy number two slot. To be fair, the only reason it didn't take the number one from the Hibiki, which was 50 quid whiskey, is simply because the Hibiki was so goddamn amazing. Yeah. Uh, I know the Balvenie is your favourite. Balvenie is my favourite. But if any of these came close to second, I'm pretty certain it was Hibiki. Yeah. And I'm pretty certain if you tried them both together, you may change your mind. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll, <laughs> We're we'll going to do, we'll we'll do, we'll do, do it. Any excuse to get another Hibiki, I yeah. am in there. Uh, so yes, that's our top five. Yamazaki, Balvenie, Dalmori, Okantoshan, and Hibiki 12. Definitely taken on number one. 10 out of 10 in every way. So... Nicker twelve, yes. What we have been drinking, as you may, uh, oh, I'm running out, I'm running out of ice, so about to top it up. Then. Yeah, definitely yeah. need a new one. Right. What are you thinking? Um, yeah, very, very nice. Um, there's actually a bit of um, relationship between 
Nicker and Santor. Go on. Right. Um, Nicker was back in 1918 in Glasgow. A little Japanese guy called uh, Masata Masataka Takasuri. Is this a guy that was sent over to learn? He was sent over to learn from by Japan to learn the art of uh, making whiskies. Yep. So he um, learned in there. He lived. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of the place where he actually stayed. But anyway, so he met a uh, Scottish lass, uh-huh. uh, married her, had a kid. Um, and then they actually moved back in 1922, 23, and <clears throat> Santor, or Santori, employed him to start making their whiskies because he yes. was the 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 whiskey tra- Scottish trained guy who actually knew how to make. Got the there, learnt it, got the original sort of experience. Exactly, and they went to a wonderful little place called Yamazaki. Oh yes! Oh wow! I, I wonder if we heard that before today. Yeah, you might have done. Um, <laughs> the reason why they went that because they 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 actually found that what they learned from from the Scottish was the quality of the water is very very important on the quality of the whiskey. Okay. So um, I believe that Yamazaki was very uh, the lot of sake was was made there, and it was really high quality sake. Maybe it was on a, like a mountain range where the water was filtered. Yeah, so it probably naturally. filtered through granite and everything else, maybe, maybe. and it, it, it got through. So they decided it's good for that. It's good for whiskey. So they built the the Yamazaki distillery. Uh, distillery there. That makes sense. Um, and then um, Masataka got a bit bored after a while. Okay. And in 1934, he went Sayonara and went to start his own little company up called Nikka. Ah, okie dokie. So, essentially the same guy has founded two different whiskies. It may be different <laughs> companies, but the same guy's kind of headed it up. Yeah, I wouldn't say that he, I would say he was responsible for the full flavours of them, because obviously over time yeah. they get refined and everything else. Recipes but change as well. He had his, he had an influence on both the Santori and the Nicker. Well, you say that the recipes definitely changed. When I was looking into the hibiki a little bit more earlier, um, it stated that the hibiki had a very distinctly different taste when it originated, and it had depth yeah. and smoothness added to it over the years. And obviously, when you're blending seven different bloody malts into a blended whiskey, it's definitely going to change over time. Obviously, they're perfecting the way that they do it and have increased the flavour to the way that they wanted it. And also, the quality of water is going to change as well over time. Absolutely. Well, to be fair, it's probably gone down <laughs> through, yeah. through the generations. The quality of water has probably gone down, especially in the Japanese region where uh, they weren't really hit by massive industrial uh, factories and so on until much, much later. No, but they won't be hit by quite a few big things as well. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We're not going to get onto that. We'll get sidetracked. <laughs> um, so, yes. There's a nice little bit of history on the origin of Nicker and so on. Do you have any more for us, buddy? Um, I don't actually. That's um, I sort of like all whiskeyed out. Maybe yeah, well, Justin is my resident whiskey guru, kind of, even though we're not really that guru-esque. Yeah. Uh, we enjoy our whiskey and we hope you enjoy our whiskey as well. Uh, we truly do hope you try some of our whiskey. If you've tried it in the past or you try it in the, in the near future, Please do send us a message at uh, the universe's review. Sorry, the universe reviews Twitter, uh, which is at the universe review five or the at universe review five. The Facebook is the at the universe review, and if you want to email us directly, feel free to email us at the universe re- universe review 
at tenacitygaming.com. With those uh, messages, if you fancy sending us a voice clip or a statement of your own about a specific whiskey that you have tried, or if you massively disagree with a whiskey that's in our top five or feel that we have missed one out completely, bearing in mind we have not tried all the whiskies, <laughs> we are definitely endeavouring to make our way through them. Uh, we truly do hope you've enjoyed our, our list and our short little episode. Thank you for listening. And drink responsibly. It's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Take care, guys. Enjoy. See ya. <laughs>